Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phenomenal Pipe Bomb Podcast. I can never say it, never. Phenomenal Pipe Bomb Podcast. I'm just going to start saying the triple P. Today's show is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Blitz. Their next show is November 26th called Ring Wars at the Blitz Arena. Get your tickets at ProWrestlingBlitz.com. Main event is the TNA Superstar and their heavyweight champion versus Grin, who won the Hardcore Hell fans bring the weapon match. Also in action, WWE Superstar Ari Davari versus Egotistico Fantastico. The No Limit Champion Da Cobra will defend against the Ice Pick Vic Capri. That's all we have announced yet, but don't forget, fans, tickets available. Uh, go see them on November 26th. And our friend of the show here, Aaron Williams, is back. He's also going to be participating on that show. Yes, I will. I have no idea what I'm doing yet, but I will be there with uh, kick pads on. And, of course, we're here with our co-host, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing? And uh, I'll do a, I'll do a little, like, Nick Foley says, cheap pop. I'll, I'll say cheap plug. I got to plug my company, The Sleazebox, which is on thesleazebox.com. I make horror films, sleazy exploitation films like Naughty Dirty Nasty, American Holocaust, Escort Service, Scumbags. And our latest movie, Chaos AD, is finally available on AD. It's available. The pre-orders are over. It's been available since last Tuesday. So if you go to the website now, you can pick up that DVD. You can pick up the soundtrack. You can pick up another new release called Before I Die. And you can pick up all those DVDs. Go to thesleazebox.com. Affordable prices. We throw in stickers and sometimes buttons in each package. So so go go check it out if you guys are big horror movie fans, especially Exploitation Horror Underground independent fans. So check it out. Chaos AD, is, Chaos AD is awesome. I watched it over the weekend. I got a type of review. And if I said I wasn't getting a little sexually aroused watching it with my wife at the time, I'd be lying. I watched the initiation yesterday. Do you guys remember that one with Daphne Zuniga? Yes, I think I I kind of briefly remember that. Um, Sounds familiar, but I know that it was that. um, I think she was in a movie called Last Rites. Thinking it was that around the same time. Yeah, this came out right opposite of Nightmare on Elm Street, which is why I think it tanked. It's where she's having the reoccurring dreams of the guy burning, and her and her sorority are doing the oh, initiation. Okay. Yeah, uh huh. I think I do remember. Yes, I do remember that movie. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen it. Have you seen that one, Aaron? I don't think I have seen that one actually, but it, it does sound uh, kind of appealing. So I may have to oh. look into it. Daphne Zuniga is hot. I'm sorry, she's hot. Yeah, I mean, she was good in the she was in the Fly Two, and then uh, Spaceballs, of course, and um, Melrose Place. Yeah, back, I've never, back. I've never watched one episode of Mel- Melrose Place. <laughs> never Blasphemy. watched one. 
<laughs> I apologize sincerely. That, I'm not a I'm not a bat blasphemer. I promise. That that's some booking on that show. Let me tell you, Vince Russo couldn't have booked that shit. <laughs> you had Heather Locklear. You had Tracy Lord was on it briefly. Yep. Right. Yeah, she was like a cult leader. I've seen a couple. Had... Of, I'll, 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 you know, back in the '90s, you know, I've seen a few episodes. I remember there was a Seinfeld. I was a big Seinfeld fan back in the day. It was a Seinfeld episode where Jerry watched it, but he didn't admit he watched it. And they brought in some lie detector. He was dating a cop, and they brought a lie detector and asking him questions about the show. And he like finally gave. And he watched it. <laughs> wow, I, I'm pretty far behind on most of my '90s show, but next next uh, Netflix has helped me uh, catch up on a lot of that stuff. Like I, unfortunately, I just. Uh, I just discovered Friends not that long ago, and uh, my wife loves it, so I, I tend to be watching it quite a bit lately. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty far behind on that stuff. I won't lie, for the first time in my life, like about a week, week and a half ago, I watched my first ever episode of Miami Vice. Wow. Wow. Well, I was, a, I was a kid when it came out, so I had no yeah, interest yeah. in that, so... I, I was, I mean, I'm probably, I don't know, my opinion, I'm three years old, so I'm fine up on my oldest. Uh, I'll, you're, you got me beat by a little. I'll be 42 in uh, in a few uh, few months. Yeah. I watched, I watched it when it aired. I mean, I was 11, I think, when it aired. I mean, 11 or like 12, around that time, and when it when it debuted. I remember I got it, and I remember I had a Miami Vice t-shirt when I was like 12 years old. So I got I got into it at a young age and you know thought it was a cool show. Yeah, I dug it. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, I always saw the commercials on El Ray and everything, and then Mill Mill Creek sent me the Blu-ray set to review, and and I sat down and I ended up watching like four or five of them, and I really dug it. Yeah, I think I watched. I think I fell off after they had five seasons, probably after the third season. And then after then I stopped watching it, and then, then it got, you know, old kind of. My first cop show was Twenty One Jump Street. That was good. Yeah, I, rec- I recall that one a little bit. Yeah. We're not here to talk about TV. Yeah. We're yeah. here to talk about the most probably infamous thing in wrestling history, and that is the Montreal Screw Job. Yes. So you're going to get the opinion of wrestler and two uh, armchair bookers here uh, you know on uh, which yeah. one do you wants to kind of explain the Montreal screw job um, I'll, I'll take a stab at it I mean I mean pretty much it happened at Survivor Series 1997 took place in Montreal um, it was Bret Hart's final match at in WWF at the time he was the world heavyweight champion he was going to WCW and he's facing Shawn Michaels, who's the European champion. With D, you know, this DX was very new, um, and he's facing him. And pretty much, you know, I guess the behind the scenes of it, Brett didn't want to lose to Shawn. You know, a lot, you know, he didn't want to lose. He was like, he, I didn't want to lose the, in Canada, but I think it was mainly he didn't want to lose to Shawn because it was some backstage stuff where Shawn was gonna, like, I think. They were going to have them wrestle at WrestleMania 14 way before they thought before Stone Cold blew up, 
and they were going to have Sean win the belt at Survivor Series. Brett was going to beat him at WrestleMania 14, but Sean didn't want even. I think Sean didn't want to lose to Brett. Like, I'm not losing to Brett. And then Brett's like, well, he's not losing to me. I'm not losing to him. And then he's not going to do it. And he told Vince, hey, I'm leaving, you know, the, you know, the whole contract where Brett was too much money. And the, he released him from his contract. Bischoff really wanted him. He went, went with the WCW. But Brett said, I don't want to lose. Let's do this instead. The next night on Raw, I'll thank the fans and hand over the title. And Vince was going to. Like, all right, fine. And then the whole infamous Shawn Michaels, Vince, Triple H are in the back before Survivor Series or days before Survivor, whenever it happened. And Triple H said, fuck that. No, he's not going to just give away the title. No, no, we're not going to do that. Whatever. And then got in Vince's ear. Shawn got in Vince's ear, whatever. And, and then they decided to, all right, we'll tell Brett this is where we're going to, you know, we're going to do that that way, but we're really not. We're going to, you know, Call for the bell. Sean's Sean's gonna do the sharpshooter. Brett's move on him on Brett, and then originally, I guess what Brett thought there was gonna be interference come in. There was gonna be a DQ, um, but they called for the you know they called Earl Hebner called for the bell. Said that Brett tapped. He really didn't. Brett's Sean just hauls ass. Triple H in China, or I guess I don't know if China was there, but. Um, yeah, I think, she, I think she was walking back with them. Yeah, and then Brett spits on Vince and then throws a bunch of monitors and everyone, I think Owen and Bulldog got in the ring too and like a soul Brett or whatever and, and later backstage Brett punches Vince. <laughs> so, and and then, then Brett goes to WCW and then McMahon has the whole big interview with Jim Ross, where he says, Brett screwed Brett, and then all of the Mr. McMahon character kind of is born uh, from that. So, I mean, that's I guess that's the best way to describe the thing, but um, the incident. But now our question, well, before we go into what the, the, our topic is mainly about, like, what did it? Is this, you know, what, is this a shoot for real, or is it a work? Mm-hmm. Everybody has opinions. I, I want to get Aaron's opinion because he is actually a wrestler, so he knows a lot more about the inner workings of the business. And I think you uh, and I have talked a few times. I think you and I share the same opinion. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, just by uh, everything I know about you know the inner workings of things and, and this that and whatever, I have to say I believe it's a work. I don't think that I don't think it's uh, everybody was involved in said work. But I think that I think Brett knew what was going down. I don't think it was a, a scenario of uh, you know they're just going to screw him real bad or anything like that. I think there are way too many variables for it to be a scenario uh, like they want you to believe it is. Like uh, um, one one for instance, main, probably the main for instance. I think uh, uh, we talked about the last time I was on was uh, the uh, the documentary like. There's no way Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon and being everything that he is, being as uh, uh, tight-knit about things as he is, is going to just let this documentation of all this stuff happen for everybody to see unless in some way he's going to get something from it or uh, things are going to be you know, uh, uh, good for him. And I think overall, I think we can all agree that after this was said and done – 
it was a good thing for the WWE because it it created uh, the the man character who then went on to feud with Austin, who made them a ton of money and this that and whatever. And I mean, some people even make it go even further and say that it was actually to WCW to uh, kibosh anything that they could do. And theoretically, you could possibly argue that because they never really did anything with Brett. Some would say it was because of uh, uh, creative differences. And some could say that it's just because WCW didn't know what to do with it. Either way, it kind of did help that little bit of, uh, of downfall that WCW had. So I personally think that it's uh, that it was definitely a work to some extent um, and not as much of a shoot as they would like you to believe. Now, Chris, you believe it is a shoot, correct? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not too positive. I mean, I mean, for a long time, yes, I thought, you know, but we were talking about it on the last show and, you know, like I think, I remember when it happened, like when it, I think, cause I didn't see it live cause I was in college. I didn't get the, okay, I didn't have money for the pay-per-view. So I used to kind of just watch raw and it wasn't until, you know, eventually I saw it and saw the documentary and, heard about everything and and i you know i was thinking wow that just something you know this did just really you know happen and they really screwed brett and they planned this out and it really you know brett hates vince and sean and the wwe because it went on for a long you know long time you know brett didn't you know didn't be on wwe television for years i mean it wasn't until 2000 or late 2005, and uh, he, you know, right before he went into the Hall of Fame, and that was like close to eight, almost eight years, um, and then eventually kind of burying a hatchet with everybody, with Sean, and, and um, by 2010. Um, so it would seem like, you know, while, you know, within wrestling, uh, this you know, this, this really, you know, this is something that was real and it wasn't, it wasn't a work or just like, you know, you look at the situation, you know, it was something that Vince decided this was best for business, you know, cause you look at, I mean, I look at, you're not going to have your, your top, one of your top guys say, I'm going to leave the company and hand away, hand out, the, just give away the title. That's like saying this title doesn't matter to me. I'm going to another company that matters. So, as a ball, if I were Vince, I wouldn't let Brett do that. But you know, I don't know. You know, and I was thinking, okay, he just then he decided, okay, I'm gonna you know do this, go it this way, and not tell Brett and screw him. But um, kind of now, I because but but since you know since the last show, I you know was kind of you know doing you know a little research myself and kind of you know looking online, and a lot of wrestlers believe it's work, especially Kevin Nash. He was talking about it, um, and now kind of like thinking, uh, okay, is it you know, is it is it a work? It's one of those works where you know, because nowadays it's kind of like they they let you behind the curtain more. Like ever since I think after the Attitude Era or after the Attitude Era, like a lot of stuff they you know it's very open. They talk about you know on different shows and documentaries. Like, I, you know, they say things like, you know, I was supposed to, you know, win this match and they're going to make me win. And, 
you know, this and this and all that. So, and especially when you listen to other wrestlers' podcasts, they're very can't, you know, they they te- you know they talk about how it is backstage. So, you would think that all this time, wouldn't they admit this? Okay, I got we got you know like Sean and Brett and Vince can say we got you guys, or you know like it was all you know hey it's a work you know it's like why won't they, you know it's almost twenty years later. Or this, or is this something so sacred that yes, it's a work, and they don't even want to say it's a work because then it just give you know then people be like if it was a work like ah oh, it was just all it was all you know scripted and whoa man I don't know if they just want to keep it because like back in the day I mean I'm talking way back in the day in the 50s 60s and, and even the 70s where and even 80s where it was like, you know, no one broke kayfabe. And, you know, they kept everything like, you know, heels couldn't travel with baby faces. And, you know, they wanted to keep it very like, you know, this is this is real and stuff. But I don't know if they want to that's so sacred. And, and I can see Brett kind of not because Brett's an old school guy where he wants to, you know, not give away all the secrets, kind of like a magician. You don't want to give away the. The, the secret so so I, I, think, you know, I think Brett's fucking nuts. You ever read his book? Yeah, no, I didn't read his book, but I know how he goes off handle all the time and interviews people and you know. Um, but you know, I I don't know. I'm kind of leaning more towards a work now, even though for a while I was just thinking, wow, maybe that did that really you know happen? But you know, um, I can see why it could be you know work the ult- like it'd be like the ultimate work because still today you know you know with everything that has happened and how they talk about you know things candidly about you know like you know even like the undertaker streak oh yeah we, you know we had brock want to you know we wanted brock to be the guy to beat him so we had a beat him you know so it's like you, you i don't know you know do you think they would ever like admit Finally, at one of the one of these days down years down the line, and say, "Yeah, it was work." Maybe one, of, maybe one of them's dying, or on the it'd be like a deathbed confession. I think. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of how I think too. Because I think I think deep down, uh, even you know, wrestling fans, there's there's an aspect of us all that wants to believe that there is some reality to this fiction mm-hmm. that is professional wrestling. And I think that the screw job is one of those things where it's like it's so real to us and they've been able to keep it real for so long that it's almost like it's like this this cherished diamond that nobody wants anybody else to touch or nobody wants anything else to 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 tarnish it. So I think if it did come out that it was a work, you wouldn't know about it till, you know, a couple of the parties were dead and it was like way down the line. It was like, oh, okay. After all this time, I think we can let you know that it, it was a work. Because then, if par- multiple parties were deceased or you know if they were gone, then then you would still have those people that would be like, no, 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 he's just saying that. Like, because it is it is like a small glimmer of of reality in a business that now is pretty open door. So yeah. I, I don't think it's it's something that they're gonna they're gonna let go if it is any work uh, anytime in the near future. My my theory has always been because I've always said it was a work from one the camera crew was always my 
dead giveaway. Why would you convene? It was too convenient. Number two, mm-hmm. if you remember, like maybe a month or so prior when Sean and Brett got in that little like uh, little fight in the locker room, if you remember, they had a camera on that when Sean was leaving. They they never exposed that kind of stuff if guys had problems in real life. Yeah. Two, let's say yeah. phenomenal. Let's say phenomenal pipe bombs was a, a promotion, and and Aaron, you were our champion, and you're going out to defend your belt on our pay per view, and we don't have a finish. We can't agree on one. I wouldn't let you go out. I wouldn't do the match. Yeah. And two, if you're going to go out there and spit on me and start making WCW and smashing my monitors and all that, I'd have the feet killed. I wouldn't be having good no. old JR talk over it. No, not at all. And I don't I don't see if Vince is the type of guy that would be like, oh, okay, well, let's just let this go. And then let's just let this continue i see him as uh, there's no way i'm gonna let anybody promote anything else other than my product on my product that's what i that's what i envision vince mcmahon to be like so i don't see them letting it go and and even the the punch in the face i mean if, you, if we talk about the documentary they were there for everything almost almost everything yeah. except for the punch in the face and then all but we he was remember that, he was wired wasn't he didn't wasn't he wearing a wire and they filmed vince staggering out of the yeah, they did. They filmed Vince staggering out of that. And if you look back at that, and then you watch some of the matches Vince has had, it's a very similar yes. stagger. So it, one could say he was just selling it. <laughs> He's just like, I know these guys are going to be out here. They're going to be filming it. I got to make it look good. So there's a there's a lot that that supports the the work theology but then again also there's a lot that works that supports the shoot theology as well so it's it's hard to say but i i mean i know my opinion i don't, I don't think hart was sent there to to torpedo the company or anything i think he just went to a company that was so poorly booked and had so much inside problems that he never got a fair chance yeah, I mean, I would agree with that more than I would agree with the, uh, you know, he was sent there to sabotage it or anything like that. But, I think I mean, he was going to go there. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, just, just, I was just saying just because, like I said, like you said, he didn't really have the opportunity to sabotage anything. They didn't really use him. And then when they did, they used him in terrible spots. So it's, it's not like... A uh, oh, you're going to go over there and you're going to be the top guy, then you're going to make him look stupid because he was never really the top guy. And then they finally did pull the trigger on that. He got hurt like two months later. So I think yeah, he was going to go there, do his like whatever three year contract, or what it was. Then he was just going to come back there to McMahon for revenge. Or, but I think Owen's death, you know, obviously that played a big factor. And then, of course, Goldberg kicking him right in the head ending his career, mm-hmm. but I really thought that he would have eventually just gone back there, but then he ended up having the real bad blood over Owen, but yeah, if yeah. Owen never would have died, I, I would have seen him back there in like three years, like, I'm coming back for revenge, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think I think probably with uh, like, you know, I mean, WCW was, was kicking their ass in the ratings, and Vince really, I think, couldn't, you know, afford people. I think he was lo- he was losing a lot of money, and you know, and this this come this is before you know right in '97. This was like the birth, you know, that was right before the birth of the Attitude Era, because to me, the Attitude mm-hmm. Era kind of started um, right after Survivor Series, or you know, right around that time. Uh, like DX started, and Austin started the peak. 
and I think they, you know, they they had a bad '90s, you know, because of the mid '90s uh, after the Hogan era, and uh, and I think really Vince off, you know, originally offered Brett a lot of money for for like 20 years or something. I had a contract for 20 years. Yeah, it was like some ridiculously long, like you'll wrestle, then you'll be an ambassador, then you'll be an agent. Yeah. And- yeah, and it was something he didn't really didn't want him to because after after Hall and Nash left and all the other couple you know X Pac and stuff you know and DBS you know all the all you know all, all these guys Vince was afraid he didn't want his because Brett's contract was up in '96 after WrestleMania um, 12 and after the Iron Man match and he gave him a big contract and then a year later. His, you know, he was running out of money, and he probably figured, look, look, you know, I can't afford you anymore. But I, he knew that Bischoff wanted him, and he knew. So it was almost like, I'm letting you go, but there's a pl- I know there's a place you can go where you're going to get a lot of money. And, and does Vince uh, really strike you as that kind of guy? Look, I know you, I want you to go work for the competitor. He doesn't strike me as, he strikes me as somebody who would bury you into obscurity before that happened. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, unless they did have some type of, like, you know, maybe you can sabotage the company. I, I don't think a one wrestler could do that. I mean, you know, how can one, you know, because you, you're not the boss when you go to that WCW, you're 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 going to do whatever they, they tell you what to do. I mean, the only way you can sabotage it, if you walk out, they you know, you go out for a match and you just sit there. <laughs> you know, and like, yeah. you, yeah. you know, like, and then, then they'll just fire you and you know you you whatever but i yeah i don't know i don't i don't know if you know you know maybe i think of course i don't think vince would want any of his wrestlers to go work for the competitor you know so i don't know what you know the real decision was of why you know maybe vince was going to give him a pay cut or is there or or you know, take off years of the contract, and Brett wasn't happy with that, and decided, well, I'm going to work for, you know, WCW or whatever. And uh, I don't know. It's there's a lot of yeah factors, and then the whole factoring. Okay, you know, with the whole like if Brett was you know yeah in on it, the whole screw job, you know, was something like they're saying, hey, before you leave, let's do some controversy to get us on the back on the map. And if you do this, um, this may, you know, help you over there in case, like, when you just work for there for two years and then come back and then yeah, we'll, yeah, get, like, we'll get already revenge. have an angle already set up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, I mean, seems it seems pretty logical to me if they were to, uh, to do something like that because, uh, like you said before, it happened. Uh, they were just turning into the to the attitude era yeah. uh, to some extent. And they just started doing that random thing where they were filming guys on the way to, uh, on the way to the main event, like walking through the halls and everything like that. Yeah. And why would you do that? Unless you eventually had a plan to utilize it. Then they utilized it with Michaels and they started that whole thing. And uh, since, you know, Brett was big about saying stuff about, you know, verbal agreements, during that period of time, who's to say that there wasn't some kind of verbal agreement? Like, yeah, I can't pay you what I promised or this, that, or whatever, whatever contract stipulation they were going through at the time. And he said, Hey, I know that, you know, you're, they're interested in you. Why don't you go over there for a couple of years? 
and then we'll do something big to get people talking, and then you can come back, and then we'll make it big again. And uh, then, of course, the, the Owen thing happened, and that probably put a big kibosh on all of that. Because yeah. let's yeah. look at logically. Let's say I sign – Chris, let's say I signed you to a, a big deal for $10 million, and I come up to you tomorrow and go, you know, man – I just don't think this is going to work. I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, tear up that contract. Wouldn't you sue me and tie me up in litigation to get your money? That yeah, I mean definitely. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, I mean, he, he breached the contract. Yeah, and then and then there was a legitimate contract, unless it was never in writing and it was just like a gentleman's agreement type of thing. And you know, since Brett worked with Vince so long, he probably figured, well, I can trust him and. And then he's because really, if he yeah, because if he did sign a contract with him for 20 years for millions of dollars, and then a year later after you sign that contract, Vince says I can't afford you, so I have to let you go, you know, and like then it's like unless there was some type of clause in that contract that stayed stated if said promoter can't afford it then he has the option to terminate or something who knows or maybe there was like a year stipulation like you know within a year they like there's some like like leg room where they could like well within 12 months you could this each party could decide to go either way and maybe there was a a window who knows i mean that's all you know something that we're probably never really know um, yeah, and but like, the internet web I know that, isn't what it was then. Yeah, yeah. and I. Well, how about I on, know the, on the documentary? On the documentary, when when Brett's sitting there with that hideous chud of a wife of his, and yes. they're like they're conveniently at Bret Hart's house on like a Sunday night when the WCW fax comes over and all that. I know. How, yeah, it's come all. On. I'm signing away my life from Vince. He's like yeah. the dad. I, like my second father. And Bret Hart is fucking nuts. I mean, the guy never smartened his kids up to it or anything. So I don't see him ever being the one to say it was a work. But No, no. I think Bret, Bret and, Bret's a guy that, you know, I mean, look, his family, the heart, they're the hearts. And he grew up with the old school style of wrestling with, with his dad. And his dad probably, you know, this is like, this is our secret society life that you don't let any outsiders know about, you know, and and he's probably, he's an old school guy. I mean, he didn't want to be a heel when they told him, you got to turn heel, and he's like, well, you know, and so he, so I think, I think Brett would never give it up because he, he's the type to, like, if that's his little secret that, you know, him and Vince and Triple H and Sean and a few other people know about, like Pat Patterson or whoever, and uh, you know Briscoe, and they, you know I think they yeah he wouldn't you know be like all right because obviously there's a lot more people than just Vince and Sean and Brett that were involved that would know it was work you know would be you know Earl Hefner you know of course all the agents so this is a lot of people keeping that secret tight so that's pretty that's a lot of loyal loyalty. You know, because now there hasn't really, I don't think there's been a story of someone's breaking their silence, kind of. It's all this speculation, like, you know, people saying that I was a worker, you know, 
So I mean, it's what, it's, 20, 20 years old now? Almost, it'll be 19 years old. Uh, it's 19, yeah, almost 19 years old. Because 19 years ago. Um, it was 97, so it's oh, 16, 16 right now. So it'll be 20 years next year. So, and it's something that people still talk about. I mean, when we're talking about it right now, I mean, it's, it's, if you think about it, you know, if you look at wrestling, other things, you know, back in the, you know, when wrestling was on top in the 90s, you know, we think about something 20 years ago from that point, which would be the 70s or something, you know, no one remembers that. No one even cares at that point. Mm. But now something, you know, we still talk about it. So, And before that happened, catch me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Vince McMahon, I mean, like, smart people all knew he was the owner, but wasn't he still just the... The horrible announcer in the loud colored yeah. suits. Like yeah. he was never yeah. on. They never said on camera he was the owner or anything. No, yeah, it was it was weird. It was a kind of a weird transition because I remember, you know, Vince was still the commentator. It was Vince Lawler and Jr. And I remember kind of during that year of '97. That's probably one of the best to me in that era. That was one of the best years of wrestling with all together with everything. But you had. During that year, a lot of people were like almost bullying Vince at the kind of like there was a lot of people like I, there was a lot of things that people would get in Vince's face and he would just be like, you know, I don't know, what do you want from me kind of thing. And I remember that's when Brett they turned him heel. I remember he shoved Vince. That's right. He like started cussing. He shoved him he down. He was getting shit. Yeah. And then they had they had him like Brett. It was right before SummerSlam. Of that year, and Brett got in Vince's face, and there were Vince. He married. He like Vince stood up, and Vince and Brett like slapped him, and like knocked his headset off. And then they started fighting, and then Vince was like grabbing Brett's shirt and pulling it over his head, kind of going at it. So they were like there was physical. You know, no one ever got physical with Vince. As no one, you know, if any of the commentators. And then Austin stunned Vince. The famous stunner, and that was kind of like I think that was the first time when Austin stunned Vince, and this was before the Montreal screw job. It was like a couple, like a month or two. Yeah, before. it was at the at the Madison Square Garden Raw. I remember. Yeah, Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and that's when Austin broke, you know, got his neck broke at SummerSlam by Owen, and then there was the whole thing. Austin wanted to fight, and then they were trying to protect him, and Vince was cool and trying to cool like. It was something he was going nuts, and Vince got all of a sudden like Vince got off commentary and went in the ring, and it was just it was like, calm down. You know, it was almost like Vince is breaking character, like hey, I'm, he's talking to him like I'm the boss, and then he stunned him, and then the following week they were like kind of saying, I think that's Vince stopped kind of doing commentating after that, maybe. Now, I think he was still doing commentating, but they kind of almost said like, what's going to happen to Austin? He like hit the boss. You know, laid his hands on the boss, so they kind of finally said that he was like Vince was the the boss, and then slowly, then like he stopped doing the commentating, and then they recognized him as the chairman. So, what what I think is funny now is if you read like, and now you know Triple H takes credit for it, and Vince Russo has taken credit for it, Jim Cornette. But Kenny Bolin even takes credit for it. He's like, I told Jim Cornette to do this. And you have like yeah. nine people that take credit for this. And and I, okay, Aaron, let's say let's say you're Brett and I'm Sean. We hate each other. 
I put you okay. in that sharpshooter. They ring the bell. You've been screwed. What's the first thing you're going to do? Uh, most likely, if if this was legitimate, legitimate, I'd probably kick. I'd kick the crap out of Sean. There you go. <laughs> like, that's the first thing I do. I mean, I don't think I'd be. I don't think I'd be like, "What just happened?" I think I'd immediately know what just happened. And then, yeah, I would have some like, dumb right, look on my face. Yep. Okay, it's all because I think Brett would have whipped Sean's ass. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I think Brett would have would have would have taken him to school per se. Uh, but yeah, like, but in, in, a, in a way, I mean, you were talking about '97 uh, in general, and if you really, really think about it, it's almost like everything led up to that point. Because like, once that point happened, it's like a whole new leaf turned. It's like everything was kind of moving at a you know slow pace to get you to that one point because you know you were kind of starting to not like McMahon. You were kind of getting there, but you weren't all the way there yet. It was kind of in the middle. Then the stunner happened. Then he starts taking himself off TV and everything like that. It's just, it's like this nonstop build. And then, boom, this happens. And then they're like, oh, okay. Now let's 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 go. And I know we all, you know, see Sean and, and Hunter and everything like that as DX and just incredibly, uh, you know, juvenile and everything like that. But if it was a real legitimate thing, do you really think that they would have kept poking at it so much? I mean, if it was a legitimate thing that, you know, um, you know, then they could go after, you know, if Bray really wanted to, he could go after defamation of character because they were, you know, defaming him on national TV if he really wanted to. Yeah, they brought out the midget right the next night. The Mm -hmm. very next night. So it's like, yeah, like uh, it's it almost kind of tells its own story in a way and it kind of reveals itself in its own way. It's just like very quite possibly the best work of all time. And then right in January, you figure that's when McMahon, I'm gonna, I'm the owner, I'm bringing out Mike Tyson, Stone Cold comes down, if you remember McMahon's like, you're ruining it, you're ruining everything, I don't want you to be the champion, and, I mean, yeah, it was like, there was, it was like, almost like that was the blow off, that was the half of the book, and then now you start the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And, and, and I'm, McMahon is probably, I will say, Top five best heels of all time, in my opinion. Oh, easily. He might easily. be number one. Yeah. Although Shane Douglas in ECW was one hell of a heel. Roddy was. Yeah. yeah. Roddy was a great heel. I mean, yeah. and the Flair and the Flair had his his great moments. But um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of you know with the the whole like yeah like. If if like like if like you said if so, you know it's a whole work that's some like the the biggest secret ever kept like you know and and like will ever will anyone ever like come clean and be like because there's like so like I said so many people involved with that um, but another, maybe another one if you think because Brett was friends with Pillman and Pillman mm-hmm. actually did the real bit there where he t- tricked um, Bischoff into signing him out of that contract so he could skip how do you know. Pillman, you know, when he came there, which was, you know, months back, hey, you know, if, if you let him out of the contract, he could have had a part in that storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he was able to work his for real, which is, that's probably the cleverest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, Pillman was awesome, too. But, unfortunately, uh, and, you know, his, uh, his thing. And Pillman died right, right before that Survivor Series. 
Yeah, he did. It was. It happened like it was October. It was October of that 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 year. So it was like right after the Hell in a Cell, the first Hell in a Cell match. Because I remember they had it was the Raw right after that, after that in ha- in your house, bad blood. The next day, the next night, you had all the like the wrestlers like you know you know on the ramp and. And they're ringing the bell, and you're like, they said Brian, because I think he had a match or something in that, that, in that pay-per-view or something, but, but yeah. Wasn't he in that feud with, like, if he won, he got Terry Runnels, and he was going to do the Brian yeah. Triple X tapes or something like that, or? Yeah, there was him and Goldust were feuding, and Goldust, yeah, he got, like, yeah, he got Terry, and that's when he was dressing Terry up like a slut, and, um... And then, like, yeah, because, and then finally, like, and then I think they were the match they were supposed to have. It was like something where he was going to get her, try to get her back or something. But then, obviously, he died, and then they that 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 feud ended, that angle ended. So now, here we we did the the show where we talked about our our favorite angles, and you know, we're talking about this now, like it is an angle. What are some of your favorite wrestling angles? Oh wow! Uh, that you weren't uh, well, involved in that is. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see what was some of my uh, my uh, my favorite angles. Uh, I really enjoyed the. I mean, I know we were talking about Brett and Sean and everything like that, but I really enjoyed their like the the Iron Man angle they did. That was that was a lot of fun for me. It was kind of you know uh, one of the things that made me like that whole ordeal was kind of one of the things that really made me want to be uh, want to pursue this career. Um, I'm trying to think uh, some some other ones that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, let's see, I really enjoyed the uh, Edge and Christian Hardy's angle. I thought that was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, uh, Flair Steamboat angle. I, I loved uh, that. The one uh, where uh, uh, Steamboat beat him. Uh, I really liked the Funk Flair angle. As yeah, well. I dug that a lot. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun. I mean, th- those are a few that, that that stick out of my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, pro wrestling as a whole, I kind of enjoy it all. Like even if it's terrible, I, I kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, it's it, there's a there's a beauty in the awful as well, I guess. Yeah, like I thought that Hell in the Cell women's match was like I thought they fucked up moves left and right, but goddamn, it was a great match. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh. they, they had the emotion. Yeah, and that crowd. Why is why did they keep jobbing Sasha any clue? Because that crowd was hot for her. I know, like I, I mean, I thought it was a great match, but I was like, because I'm a saw, I'm a huge Sasha fan, and I was just like, yeah, why did they not let her retain that title? And I don't know if it's because, you know, they're they're big on these records that they do, like. Like the new day has been almost beating demolition and, and the street, you know, go back to the streak, Undertaker streak, but they're they're big on. Well, they kept on saying, well, Charlotte's thirteen and zero in pay per view victories and championship, you know, whatever, and they keep yeah. on like you don't want to take that, and they're like, who cares? These are records, you know, that they create and, and stuff. But yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and it, it does seem like. I'm sorry, go ahead. But no, I was gonna say, you know, yeah, it was like, why, you know, like they, and it, the the match kind of ended, not abrupt, a little abruptly. It felt like like there could have been more, like, 
I don't know. It just it just felt like I liked the match, but I thought you know they I think they were rushed for time because they're running. I mean, the match didn't really get started until I think it was ten fifty or something. It seemed like. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I wish I wish Sasha won the match. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of mess ups. I think the the big one was the table on the outside when yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. I think. Charlotte, I think what was supposed to happen was because Charlotte set up the table and she went to the turnbuckle and she was going to, and then Sasha got the upper hand and pushed her. And I think she was just supposed to fall on the table because the way she fell, it wasn't like a big impact, like the table was going to break. She was supposed to lay there, but then the leg gave. So I think Charlotte didn't set it up right where to keep that lock in there. But I think Sasha was gonna like leapfrog on her on the table. Um, yeah, something like that. That's what that's what I envisioned as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, I mean, I was glad they didn't do it, but there was a moment there where you know the table was like kind of halfway broken and she was laying there. That Sasha yeah. looked like she was about to jump anyway. Just be like, screw it, we're doing it. And then uh, yeah, finally, you know, they changed their mind. And I also think that uh, like like you said, the 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 ending was uh, was. Rupt. It was very anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, uh, like part of me wonders if uh, you know she was supposed to go through the table uh, the first time and then she didn't. So she tried to put her through it again and then she still didn't go in through it. So they were just like, all right, just forget it. Instead of you know having a Balchamania, the table won't break spot. <laughs> like so, um, yeah, but. There were, there were. It was a good match, and it was solid, and I think it was, it was, it was awesome that uh, you know they let the girls be the main event for the show mm-hmm. and everything. I was really, really uh, into that. But there were a lot of cosmetic issues with it. There were, you know, things technically that I mean I didn't love about it. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, it was still good. It was still solid, and they should be proud of themselves. Uh, but. I kind of think that the reason that, um, like, they, they have been paying a lot more attention to these records, these pointless, almost pointless, I shouldn't say pointless, mm-hmm. but almost pointless records a lot lately. Like, they've been, they've been yeah. doing that a lot. They, like, mention stuff all the time when, you know, we were talking about the Attitude Area earlier. They never mentioned anything like that no, at no, all. Like, yeah, in, it's, in a... In a month's period of time, you'd have four different Intercontinental Champions, like, legitimately at one point in time. And nobody ever said anything about it. it well, if you remember, like, the Goldberg streak in WCW, he'd be on Raw, or he'd be on Nitro, and he'd be like 80, or, like, we'll say 46-0. and 0, Then he'd come on Thunder two days later. He's 56-0. and 0. It's like, what, did he beat yeah. up, like, ten guys on the way over here in the parking lot? Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> he, he, just went, he just went to his local subway, and he jackhammered, like, ten guys. That was it. It's like, yeah. And remember, they brought Sid in, and Sid was getting like twenty wins a night. Like somehow his streak kept extending to I remember. <laughs> yeah, when he was the Millennium Man. Yes. Yes, that was awesome. I mean, like opening the show, I am already sixty-two and zero, and you'd see him like an hour later, seventy-nine and zero. Man, Oh man, Sid! Sid is a guilty pleasure for me. I love me some Sid. Sid was great. Sid was, Dude, just, was so awesome. I, I, I'm a Sid fan. I like I like Sid. So I see, I like the 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 Psycho Sid, and uh, even before even like Sid Justice. Um, yeah. 
I yeah. liked in, I liked WCW and they had Sid with Nash and Sid did that interview and he was like, "You, Kevin Nash, you are only half the man I am, and twice <laughs> as smart." Yeah. Oh, and then then the the infamous. Oh, 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 I messed up. Can we start over? We're live, buddy. We're live. (laughs) (laughs) Muscles through. I remember when Bobby, when they interviewed Bobby Heenan, he's and they they asked me, "Has anybody ever been mad?" And he's like. The things you said, he's like, Sid was. I once said, he's not the sharpest spoon in the drawer to make myself look stupid. And he came up to me after the show and went, Mr. Heenan, I'm not a dumb man. Please don't insult my intelligence. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Sid. (laughs) Sid was, he was, um, he was something else. I, I still sometimes see that leg injury in my mind, though. Oh yeah, that was- oh buddy, yeah man. I saw that live actually. Like, oh, I, like towards the towards the end of WCW for some reason. I guess because I was just so infatuated with the the cruiserweights and stuff like that. I really wanted WCW to succeed, but you know, like towards the end there, everybody kind of knew it was like, oh, you know, they're they're dying. Just just let yeah. them go. So when they like started renaming pay per views, like. What was it? Uh, sin, sin and greed and, and whatever. For for some reason, it probably had a very low buy rate, but I was one of the one of the few that bought those pay per views. And it was uh, it might have been greed that that happened on. I can't remember which one it was. It was green or but I remember just Sid, one of the two, or Sin. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the angle that they were doing was this uh, this mask dude kept coming out and, and doing stuff, and I think he was like supposed to be against Steiner was like the angle and he kept just like showing up at shows and like kind of pointing and he always had this mask on and everything like that so you know the match is happening and that's what they're like putting over the whole time like who is this guy who is this mask dude and then the the spot happens (laughs) the big boot off the second row and then snap it goes down everything like that the mask dude comes out so it's like he's sitting there writhing in pain and this his leg dangling and, oh. and wcw is just like no 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 keep going with the angle <laughs> just just, uh, just keep going with we'll so pull then, back when there's blood on the camera but we'll replay in slow motion 30 times your foot fall off oh my gosh and i it seemed like forever that he was laying there but eventually they send this dude out and he gets out there and sits just looking at him like don't touch me! Waving his hand like frantically, like don't touch me! Screw the angle! It doesn't matter. Just don't touch me! And then eventually the guy just like looks at looks at Sid and then looks at Scott Steiner and he's like, "Ugh!" He just kind of gives Steiner like gives yeah, Sid like, like what's the, going? They're the all softest like boot ever. And then Steiner covers him and then that's it. And then it turns out it's Rick Steiner or whatever. But gosh, yeah, that made Sid, no man. sense there. Yeah. I really oh, liked yeah. when uh, I really liked when. Remember when when um, Bruce or I was gonna say Rusev, that would have been better when Russo first came over there and and they were gonna do the angle with the millionaire, the billionaire club and the new blood. Yeah, yeah. And I remember he's yeah. like, I- I'm gonna show you stuff you've never seen before, and you see the muscle car pull up and Hulk Hogan comes out and he's like, Listen here, Kidman, you son of a bitch. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a whole weird thing. That's when they took away. The- from everyone and started over and again and it was just, yeah and then yeah, the shop like, 
Russo and yeah, that was interesting. It was weird. Like one of the things that I always thought was really, really weird about it is I kept thinking to myself, why are the new blood guys, the heels? Yeah. Why, why are yeah. they the heels? The meal, the millionaires club guys should be the heels. Why are the, the like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, <laughs> so then that's why it gave us, you know, Billy Kidman trying to heal up on Hulk Hogan or Terry yeah. Bollea. Yeah, he wasn't Hulk Hogan then. They took away his name for some reason. He was Terry Bollea. I like how they were like, we got to get the, the young blood in here like a young, spry, 43-year-old Lex Luger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I've oh, never seen gosh. a company crash and fall that bad ever. Man, it was rough, buddy. Because like, I, I went back and watched uh, a lot of that stuff. Like, you know, just, just you know randomly watching stuff. And I watched all those paper like the last two years of their pay per views. I watched in a row, just nonstop. And man, it's it's rough, brother. It's just, uh, yeah, it. I it's mean, rough. I remember Tank Abbott. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, because remember, uh, yeah, like he would. Oh, they. Were, I remember they were. There was a train wreck. <laughs> I remember when he Bloody. fought Big Al. Remember when he fought Big Al in the leather jacket on the pole match. Oh yeah, and I the best part is that. is at the end, and Tank throws this guy down, and Tank pulls out like a box cutter and puts it on his throat, and he's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you!" And the camera cuts yeah. back to Shivani real quick, and he's like, "He's trying to cut off his beard," and the guy's like clean shaven. <laughs> God. Oh man, I remember. I uh, remember uh, Mark Madden doing the commentating. Oh, and God, like, oh, yes. Dude. That was horrible. So bad. Yeah. That's, so bad. It's uh, funny because oh. I remember watching every single, I think I watched every single, probably every single Nitro. I mean, a lot of it's hard to remember now, but there's so much stuff. Like I was watching Nitro because I used to watch Raw and Nitro. I watched Raw live or some some episodes were taped before, you know, pre-taped or whatever. Um, and then I would watch the rerun of Nitro because it would rerun it at eleven o'clock, and yep. that this is before DVR boxes. I remember I used to tape, like if I was out or working, I used to you know have my VCR set and my tape on and stuff, and then and then hopefully I would catch you know Nitro as I came came home, and then would have like Raw on my on my tape, and I used to watch that and re, you know. But, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, there was, would bo- I mean, Raw was, w- WWF was getting better, and then WCW was just getting, like, after 90, as 98 approached, that's when it started getting, WCW started getting bad. Oh, yeah, man. Like, they, I just don't, like, that'd be a, a great conversation to have, too, is just the fall of WCW in general, because we they had so that. much... That'd be. They had so much good that it was like it's like how do you even how do you mess this up really like because they had, I mean if you look at the talent that they had and the guys that they had at the time, like and they just let them slip through their fingers or they didn't utilize them enough or whatever it may be, and that's even crazier considering that apparently in the back there was no like handle on anything. These guys could literally do whatever they wanted. Like, I think I remember hearing uh, Van Hero talk on a podcast just saying how he just went over next door and got the Misfits and brought them on the show. Just like, nah, I'm just yeah. going to go over here and get the Misfits. Is that cool? Cool. 
And then Jericho came up with the Ralphus thing by himself. He was like, I'm just going to do this. Is that cool? All right, cool. And then, like, mm-hmm. so many of random stories like that were, like, stuff that was actually great. These guys just came up with on their own and just, like, is this cool? Cool. I'm going to do, do it then. And that, and that was it. Like, remember? But, yeah, man. Remember when they gave Stevie Ray the segment Suckers Goss to Know? <laughs> and I remember he's, in, he's interviewing Luger, and Luger's like, Brother, can I tell you a secret? And, and Stevie Ray's like, Yeah, you can tell me these fans and the 500 people watching at home. And Tony Schiavone, who looked dumber every week, was like, He meets 500 people in each house, fans. <laughs> people at home because that's all they're watching this and I'm shooting high let's be honest Shivani yeah. lost credibility on a weekly basis oh dude yeah. here we go man he, he spoiled <laughs> the Mick Foley I remember him spoiling the uh, Mick Foley title win on that one Nitro and you said you know like the whole I mean obviously Bischoff's in his ear and he, he said you know Hey, don't watch those other guys because they're gonna actually put the belt on Mick Foley. Yes, gonna put some butts in the seats. How about who was who was the one announcer? Um, Scott Hudson. Scott, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember him doing an interview, and and I don't. I think it might have been with Bagwell after like the neck injury. I can't remember who it was for sure, but I remember the guy was like, "If I have another match and fall wrong, my head could fall." right off my body and Scott <laughs> Hudson like drops his head and goes that's sad that's, that's so that's so sad man uh, like it was funny like it was funny listening to those commentaries especially Giovanni towards the end uh, because there was so much stuff that he that it was always just like ah just give up like, <laughs> like there's so many things where you, you would it would like pan to him and he would just be like I, I don't like, well, I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah, I think there were right. actually a few times where they actually said stuff like that. Like, yeah, we don't we don't know what's happening. We're just here and just. Yeah. What if, if you watch yeah, yeah, you like, like well, we don't know what's going on, but we're going to have a match coming up. It might be, I don't know. Do we have the cruiserweights? What's going on? Bobby? Bobby be like, be like, Gorilla? <laughs> yeah, Bobby just did. Yeah, I'm I'm convinced Hina was drunk on some of those shows. He clearly oh, didn't easily. care toward the end. <laughs> easily, he's just like uh, this. This this doesn't matter at all. But yeah. you know who was great? Lance Storm. I loved Lance. Storm. Uh, I liked Lance Storm. Yes, that was he was he was awesome. Didn't they? Did they have a Canadian group? And remember, Hacksaw joined them or something? Yes, <laughs> yes. that's right. Oh, With how about? And Alex Skipper, I think, yeah. And yeah, like, his yep. turned his back on America when the cancer went away, or something like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. Shaved his beard. <laughs> oh, how about when? Um, do you remember when it was the Radicals? Was it Saturn, Malenko, and Shane Douglas? Not the Radicals. I can't remember the. the Re- they were the uh, Revolution. Revolution, yeah. Ben and Law I was in there too. I remember they came down and attacked someone with two by fours, and they were they were foam. The one bent, and, and Shivani was like, "He hit him so hard, he bent the two by four. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, you know, those are the voices of somebody who just gives up. Like, all right, 
I guess we're just going to go with this. All right, let's try and fool these stupid people that are watching this still. Yeah. He bit wood. He bit wood. Can you believe that? It, it, it's like now people bang and watch. It's, it's Plan 9 from Outer Space. It is, yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. How about the fucking... Remember the, when they had the the San Francisco 49er match and they had all them boxes? And, like, one box was a blow-up doll. One was a picture of Scott Hall. Yes! <laughs> I don't remember yes. what the third box was, and then the fourth box was the title. But I just remember one of the boxes yeah, was a picture was, of Scott was Hall. That, was, that, yeah, yeah. was that Booker and, uh, and Steiner? Steiner, Steiner or Jarrett, one of the two. It was uh, Booker T was in the match. Booker yeah, T was in that match against Steiner or Jarrett. I think he might have been against yeah. Jarrett. I mean, let's be honest. The main event picture from the last couple of years was always Booker T versus Steiner or Jarrett. Like, yeah. That's all it was. And, and I never liked Jarrett. I always thought he sucked. Yeah. I, I liked him I liked him in his spot in the E when he was, you know, the uh, secondary guy. And, yeah. I mean, because he did, he did do good matches. He had good matches at that period of time. One of my favorite matches, just to randomly watch, is one match he had with uh, Michaels for the Intercontinental title. Uh, really good, really solid. He was always real good and real solid, but I never thought he was a top guy. You know, like he just didn't, he didn't have the charisma to me to be to carry a company. He was the honky tonk guess, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was the more same gimmick. Just keep yeah, your wife away from him. That guy, will, <laughs> that guy will steal your wife. And then Kurt Angle, he got revenge for everybody there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, he beat the tar out of Jared. Like, every time they were together, he beat the living crap out of him. He stole his woman, too, didn't he? Huh. Um, didn't... I think, isn't his wife Jared's ex-wife, Karen? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Karen, Karen is... Yeah, now he's Karen. Karen. Is... Yeah. It's Karen Jared now, yeah. Eugene's got so... the hot wife. I have never uh, never met her, so I don't know who she is. Are you coming down to work that, for that show in Iowa? Uh, I was supposed to go down last weekend, but some stuff fell through, so I didn't get to. Uh, but uh, I have been assured that I will be uh, down there in the, in the future. So I don't know when, but yeah, I'll be down there. Did you contact any of the people here where I am? No, I haven't. I haven't done it yet. Like, uh, I, did you send me the info on them? I can't remember. Yeah, I can send it to you again. Please do because I, I, I am. I'm everywhere. My mind like goes many, many different places, and I have to write stuff down. And if I forget to, it's like I just totally forget everything. Because seeing as how we look like twins, we could do the killer B switch. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, we got to bring the like, whole school back. Yeah, I could probably get us some gear. Jim, Bra- Jim Brazil and Brian uh, Brian Brillier. Yeah, I'll just I'll just do drop kicks all the time. That's it. Just there you go. Nothing but drop kicks. Yeah. I can do a drop kick. All right. <laughs> there you go. I can do a chop. <laughs> I can do a drop kick. I'm, well, I, I did martial cool. arts. I can be the next Ernest the Cat Miller with no wrestling skill. Oh my gosh, Ernest <laughs> Miller. He went yeah. there. <laughs> I loved Ernest Miller though. He was funny. He was he funny. Was, How he got he was, so much airtime is beyond me. I remember he told uh, that she told Mark Madden to like, shut your fat ass up. Or <laughs> he was great talk, man. He was a great talker. His he, matches were horrible, but <laughs> he was a great talker though. Oh my god! And then for some reason, he's with Sonny Ono. Yeah. Well, I guess they kind of made the they made a typical, uh, you know. 
racist type thing. Like, oh, he knows martial arts. Let's stick him with invasion. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what I thought was really dumb, and we had talked about it before. One of my favorite pay-per-views was when they had the Japanese guys against the WCW guys. Yeah, yeah, I have that one somewhere, actually. It's, uh, what is it? Starcade. Starcade. Go back and watch, because if you notice, they could never say a foreign object. That was a no-no. It was international. You couldn't have any racism. But if you watch the Johnny B. Bad, um, I think he fought Tenzan, when uh, Sonny Ono was out there, because Kimberly was with Bad, and he's like, what are you doing out here? Woman belong in the kitchen. And I remember saying, listen to me here, Hop Singh. This ain't no Chinese bathhouse. I'm like, oh, my God, here comes the racism. It's like, all right, guys, whatever you do, don't say anything racist. I got you, bro. I, I got you. Uh, that, that was, that was like, like I can say it. I know martial arts. It's cool. Oh, remember when Scott Steiner did that interview and said, and it was the one that got him in the fight. It was like, DDP needs to have a sex change because he ain't got no balls to come down here. Oh, my God. Because he used to just spout random shit because oh, scared of it. Scott him. Steiner on a microphone. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, Steiner, <laughs> yes. Scott Steiner has the greatest workout DVD in history. Oh, my gosh. I've heard all about it. I haven't watched it yet, but it's just him doing stuff with girls around. Right? Yeah, like he's got like – because he's like lifting like logs and tires. <laughs> and as he's doing squats, he's got like these strippers like straddling his neck and everything. <laughs> It's the greatest. And he's like throwing chains. It's like, who the hell in their home gym owns two tires, a log, and a chain? <laughs> it's funny. Some of these guys, like you talk about Ernest Miller and Scott Steiner, like they had that brief WWF or WWE comeback. Like I remember Ernest Miller was on SmackDown briefly doing something. And, then, and Scott Steiner's forgettable one year. In '03, when they were pushing him, or oh man, that was Triple H, that was and then you know with Test, and then the then he turned him heel, and then he was never seen again on, on WWE TV. Well, he got so um, yeah. ridiculously big, he couldn't do anything. It was just chop, hit you on the back, chop, hit you on the back. That was like his repertoire. Yeah, like when he would try to go outside of that. He would it would just it would just be bad. Like I remember like his first match that he had with Triple H where he botched like two belly to bellies. He tried to do that old uh uh that Liger Bomb variation he used to do. Yeah. And he like fell on that like twice. Like it's just he couldn't he couldn't physically hang. He just couldn't do it. And his upper then body he, like, was almost too big for his legs or something. He yeah, was just... it was it was crazy. Like his his just the way he moved was weird. But then he, he went over to TNA and he actually had some pretty decent experience, like some pretty decent matches there. Like I don't know what it was about uh, that period of time in WWE, but man, it was rough. Yeah, real he, rough. He's he's stunned. There were a lot of them though that came to WWE and did really. Re- Shane Douglas was. I'll never forget because he was really good. I thought he was really good in ECW. I thought he was good in WCW. I thought he was good in TNA. He he might have had a bad gimmick, but he just sucked in everything in WWE. Yeah. Oh, as D- Dean Douglas. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it was even the matches though were bad. And he was a good wrestler. Yeah, and he, there were yeah, a lot like, of snippets. Like, yeah, guys like Public Enemy, they were briefly in both, both organizations, WCW and WWE, but they like didn't last. And there, yeah, there was a lot of guys like certain guys like that went over and didn't have the success that 
they did in other organizations. And just, I wanted uh, to see what they were going to do with Hack. They're the same man being Raven's rich, preppy friend, neighbor. I wanted to see where that angle was going to go, but it just kind of disappeared. Oh, when uh, was that the whole uh, when Raven was a uh, like it was a hard, hard, hard hack? He's talking about that. Yeah, he was like real depressed, so his mom came to get him at the arena, and then they yeah. brought it and they brought in Hack, and Hack was like going to be his. He was his neighbor, and then they brought Chastity in. She was his sister, and then Canyon was going to check on him, and then he found these pictures of Roddy Roddy Piper, and he gave this evil <laughs> look, and then, like, the next week it's all wrapped up where he turns out he's rich, and him and Canyon go and buy a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I know, yeah. Was, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I that's actually don't remember they had, that. That's really... That's before he, Sandman was hardcore hack, and he was like, just his regular name, Jim, and he was like saying, I remember he was like saying something to Raven, he's like, oh, come on, man, and he just goes, shut up, Jim. Yeah, and then, he, and then he pushed Canyon in the pool. Yeah. Wow, I don't remember any was, of that. It was, it, I mean, it's forgettable, but the Raven Canyon blow-off gimmicks, I mean, they're, the vignettes, they're they're yeah. funny because they keep, like, Raven keeps, like, talking to the people at home, he's like, look at this, Mark, and all that, you know, but, um, Totally breaking his character, but I mean, it's funny. I think it's on YouTube. If you type in Raven Canyon vignette, you'll probably find the, the little four part series. Yeah, they I'll have to look it up. Because... I was a Raven Mark back then, too. Like, big time Mark. I'll... I've and always loved was... Raven's character, man. I won't lie. Yeah. I like Johnny Polo, too. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so do you have any love for Johnny Flamingo? Got any love for that guy? I liked him because he loaded his glove with water and punched Johnny B. Bad in the boxing match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was Dusty high when he came up with that? Look at here, Mark Merrill. If you take some tanning pills and we make you look black, you could look just like Little Richard, baby. <laughs> I mean, who comes up with that gimmick? <laughs> he had to be, right? <laughs> He's like... Mm, yeah, that I, I was asleep the other night, and I got this wonderful idea, and I think maybe that you, I think you can make it work, honey. Yeah, <laughs> like you got that boxing background, and we're gonna call you, we can call you Johnny B. Bad, but you gonna be all little rich like. It's gonna be nice. Put the fringe on you, <laughs> have a glitter gun. It's gonna be wonderful. The bad blaster. <laughs> the bad blaster. I got. Oh man! I, and uh, speaking of Johnny um, Bad and Mark, I remember when he, when he went over to WWF, and then they finally like because I liked him. I'm like, okay, they're gonna do something. You know, like it looked like they were gonna do something with him, but then that didn't happen. When he was the Wild Man, Mark Merrill. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, man. When you see the wildness in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I remember. I just remember Sable power bombed him in their match. Yeah. I mean, that's the end of your career right there. Yeah, pretty much. I heard a rumor that, like, originally when they signed him, they signed him because of the Johnny B. Bad character. Like, Vince wanted that. But then when he signed him, he didn't know it, but he didn't own Johnny B. Bad. So then they had to repackage him, and they repackaged him as the wild man Mark Marrow. And I I could see that. 
Because that's what fucked yeah. Beefcake, because the Brutus Beefcake gimmick was over, but he couldn't use it. That's why he then became Brother Brutai, the Disciple, the Zodiac. Oh, good God. The, I like the Booty Man. The, the Booty Don't Man. Don't forget was the, the Booty best. Man. Because that's so yes. creepy. Type in, type in Booty Man Hulk Hogan commercial, and Hulk Hogan's sitting there talking to him, and all at once Kimberly, that's when she was the booty babe, and she pops up and she's like, Hey, Hulk, can he be my boyfriend? And Hogan, like, smiles and goes, Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I gotta check that. I gotta find that. I can't forget like, that. I'm curious. What is what is the booty man? Like you, like a, a question I've been asked a dozen times in my uh, in my, my career is who is Aaron Williams? What 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 are you? And like now I have an answer. Years ago I didn't have an answer. But if somebody was to walk up to you and you're you're Brutus Beefcake, but you're the booty man, and somebody says, "What is the booty man?" What are you gonna say? I have no idea. <laughs> like seriously, right? Like what? Well, how what about are his, you gonna say to that? Remember his finisher? He would do the the high knee, but they'd call it the high knee. You know, like the high knee. I just, <laughs> I just love that. Just the way Hogan, like he's rubbing his hands together, like he's getting off. And she, can he be my boyfriend? I'd like that. <laughs> the, like, the high knee. <laughs> oh, Wow. How about what Hogan Big thought? How about when the Ultimate Warrior had powers and Hogan thought he saw him in the in the mirror? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. But what made no sense is is like they never should have shown him because Bischoff's like, who are you talking to? But like we can all see him at home too, so Bischoff looked like the idiot. I know. Because <laughs> the warrior's signal would flash. Wow. I wow. would like as tacky as it was though, I liked when Ed Ferrara was Oklahoma. Oh gosh, that was so oh, God, that was such a... Steve Williams with him. And oh. yeah. But I, I like I get like it's tacky to talk like you have Bell's palsy, but he was better than any announcer he's sitting there. Who Guerrero with the pinata? Pinata Pinata. I say everything in threes. He played football in Tijuana State, for those of you wondering. I mean, it was funny. (laughs) It was. It was was terribly tacky, but it was probably one of the more entertaining things happening on that show. What I remember then, they did the cruiserweight tournament start a few weeks later. One of the opening brackets was Oklahoma versus Medusa. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was, he was, and she was. They were both cruiserweight champions, just, just putting it out there. Uh, yeah, I never got the fascination with her. I never really, I liked her as Under, Under Blaze, but just because I was young then, and, you know, I was just like, oh, you know, she's a girl, and she's throwing down, cool. So I liked her in that aspect. Uh, and I thought they chose well when they uh, put her against people. Like, so they, they chose her opponents well. Um but yeah, like after after that period of her career was over, to me her career was pretty much over. Just like all right, you're done. Yeah, WCW. They I remember she had the one match against Bull Nakano at, at that god awful biker pay per view, The Road Wild. Cause she, yeah. She came down and with the Harley and Bull had the Kawasaki because all the bikers were booing her and Sonny Ono went, "If you win with your American bike, I'll get on this one and ride like a kamikaze." <laughs> <laughs> He didn't, did he? No, no I miss this. I like <laughs> Sonny Ono. I do. He, he was, oh gosh, though, man. And Dusty would uh, always call him Sonny Bono. Sonny. Yeah. 
But yeah, speaking of like the women in W's, like they never really had a women's division there, even though they brought in Medusa or you know, um, and they they had Jacqueline there, but they really didn't have like that ma- that much women wrestling wrest- wrestling. No. And they probably didn't have. They probably just planned to have these women just, you know, have a match here and there, and then have be be with, you know, be like almost like a a, a valet. Because Ma- Macho yeah. had Macho had he had Medusa, um, Molly just, Holly, he had Holly. like three of them at a while, and then Gorgeous yeah, George. Gorgeous George. Yeah. And Flair had Woman and uh, Deborah. They were with the Horsemen and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth. Which is kind of odd. Like, if you were Medusa and you, like, and apparently she enjoyed what she did, why would you look at WCW and be like, oh, this is a place where I can further my career? She had that. I know. Like, and she threw down the women's title, and unless she was getting offered a lot of money. Because I think, I don't know if WWE, because really after she left, there was no women's division in WWE. No, there not was, for the long, not until yeah. Trish Stratus Alita came around. That was a long time later. Yeah, like they and they they didn't bring back the women's title until they Sable. was like Sable and Jacqueline, and then yep. and they had that match, and then Jacqueline had the women's, and then they really didn't have, still they didn't have, they had to build that because you had Sable who wasn't really a wrestler, you had Deborah, she I think she won the women's title, and and then he brought in like um, I think Ivory was the you know Ivory yeah. was good. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah, think they slowly, and that's when eventually Lita and then Trish, and eventually they had some type of a division. But um, it was all like bra and panty matches and mud matches. Oh, yeah. Not that I'm complaining, mind you, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and I, I'm a big women's wrestling, wrestling fan. Like now, like the way it is. I mean, yeah, as a as a guy back then, yeah, I love the the bra and panties matches. But it's cool to see that you know the women are taken seriously now. They're actually in their wrestling, they can wrestle. Because, like, yeah. when I saw, like, the, even the, going back to, I remember the, the four-way match in NXT with Sasha, uh, Charlotte, Bailey, and uh, Becky. And, I, wow, these women can go, and especially even even the, uh, the Sasha-Becky match for the NXT title, women's title, and then the, the Brooklyn yeah. match, the first one with Bailey and Sasha. And, he, and he, these women, wow, they can go. And that's why it's cool that they're actually. It's cool that they finally gave them a main event. You know, this bullshit triple main event. No, there's only one main event. It's the last match on the card. And yeah. I'm glad they gave it because I remember it was like speculation who's gonna get the that spot. Was it gonna be Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins? Was it gonna be the the Charlotte and Sasha? But it's cool they gave it to them um, because it kind of you know I think that was. Who knows? That could. I mean, I'm sure they could made a. You know, they could have another women's match main event another pay per view. But I think since there's so many pay per views, there's more opportunity for that to happen. They stole the show at yeah. WrestleMania, hands down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. They definitely. I, I remember watching that match, and I honestly felt terrible for Becky because it seemed like she took such a beating in that match. Yeah. She earned my respect that day. <laughs> and even, didn't even Ric Flair grab her and kiss her? Wasn't he? Wasn't that the one Flair grabbed, too? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, they, yeah, that match was great, and they had, the, you know... I and, and hopefully, like, I mean, once... Who knows what's, you know, how long these girls have, like, their longevity of wrestling and, and stuff, because... 
this batch, those four, um, and you know, there's other ones too um, in there. I, I think you know, like, um, but you know, I mean, right now NXT women's division like is like, oh, this is Oscar, and that's it. NXT is Pretty really much. they're really depleted right now. Yeah, it's it it's it's kind of yeah, like it's it's sad because I used to because I, I usually wrestle on Wednesdays. I'd get I'd miss NXT, but then I'd stay up later just so I could watch it. Now it's like I I was trying to catch up with it the other day, and I was just like I didn't really I didn't really care because there's not a whole lot to really attach yourself to mm-hmm. yet. I mean, I say yet because you know I'm sure that some of these people will come into themselves and everything like that because. Uh, the the first round of NXT, if you will, were people who were like you know they uh, they had had time to develop before they were thrust onto the network. Like uh, I think the first round was guys like you know Tyler Breeze and uh, Sami Zayn and, yeah. and guys like that who were already well into who they were going to be before they got thrown onto TV. And now you're having to have people like basically start over to some extent. Because uh, Owen spent yeah. like a whole year in Ring of Honor as the champ, and that's like long before yeah. he ever did like, or that was you know before that he had done Pro Wrestling Gorilla and all those before he even, you know, went that far. So he was yeah. already pretty yeah. established. Like, what do you but, guys uh, think about uh, uh, like guys like Aries and Rude in NXT? I'm yeah, a it's, big it's, I don't get well, the Bobby Rude. I love the glorious song. I yeah. just am not fascinated. I mean, it's nice that he wears them beautiful sequent robes, but he does nothing for me when the bell rings. I liked him so much better in TNA. I mean, for me, I do like. I mean, I, uh, they. I think it's a good direction for him. I mean, I don't know. Like, he does have to do like you know. He's still not. You know, he he's good in the ring. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a good, great wrestler. But yeah, it's not like he's not. You know, wowing me. Even though that entrance they gave him, entrance is great but, because it just like pulls you in, and you're just like, and the the crowds for him. So it's like they're doing a lot for you know for him as far as you know doing him right as he's coming through the gate. Um, but is it gonna last? Who knows? Um, but you know, I I think you know I, I do like him. Um, Austin Aries, it's you know I like him, but yeah, what's going on? With, you know, like what are they doing with him? Um, and then you got Eric Young with Sanity, um, which I kind of like that group. It's kind of cool. Um, but see again, see where it, a lot of it, a lot of now it's like I think they they took so much from NXT, like when they took away you know Finn Balor, they took away Bailey, they took away you know Enzo and Cass, they took a lot of people that were staples in NXT. And I almost was like having a, like even before the draft, way before, even before, I think it was last year I was telling someone that it's almost like you need, if you're going to build, try to build NXT, you need to have guys stay there for a, a while and have your franchise players and maybe just pay them the same amount of money they would get certain guys that they would get on the on the roster because it's like it's you know because almost like nxt could be like an ecw where ecw was kind of like a revolving door with some guys like some guys like jericho austin mick foley you know 
they, you know, some guy in Mysterio and Benoit. You knew they were just passing through. Yeah, some guys went to WCW, some guys went to WWF, but you had guys like Tommy, Sam, you know, Sam and Briefly left, the Dullies, you know, towards, you know, you had New Jack, you, you had you had certain guys that Rob Van Dam, uh, Sabu. Yeah. You had guys that you know were there for a you know years. You know a couple. You know at least a, in that in that almost whole era of ECW. Um, and you know and so that way that kept it consistent because all right these guys left but you still had Tommy's was still here or or RVD's still here so. He had this staple, so I think, like a Finn Balor, they could have made him the franchise of NXT, and just like, all right, you're not going to be on the big main roster, the big stage, but NXT's growing into that. So, but we're going to pay you like you were on the main roster because look at guys like Apollo Cruz. He was kind of you know decent in NXT. Do you, where is he now? Like, do you even see him on the SmackDown? No. If I was if I was bigger, I would punch the Hype Brothers. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, like, oh. yeah, I can't stand those guys. Oh, I hate, they, even American Alpha, I fucking hate them too. Yeah. See, I like American Alpha. I, am a fan I like of American guys. Alpha. Even when they talk? Well, I gotta be honest with you, I haven't really heard many of their promos, but their matches they are so good. It's, their matches are so good. But yeah. see, on the main roster, they're just stuck in those little four-minute squashes, so you can't see anything jumping to the Usos. And two, they're like, they're so, they're almost like The Rock when he first started, where they're overdoing the whole babyface thing. Mm, well, that's, that will be an issue for them, if that's... Uh, you if can't that's get over in, that's a style like them, you can't get over in a four-minute match. No, you you really they can't. They do be, yeah, yeah. It's tough because some guys. Go ahead. Oh, go. No, I was just gonna say it's like some some NXT guys. It works for some guys, and it works. Like I think Enzo and Cast, they're 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 doing good. I mean, they're they're on TV a lot. Raw, the audience is reacting to them. I mean, hopefully one of these days they'll have the titles and stuff. You know, some guy. I mean, obviously the women are doing fine. You know, with Sasha and Charlotte, they're you know, main eventing the last pay per view. But some people. Like, you know, your Tyler Breeze's, your Apollo Cruises, you know, and um, Vaude Villains. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, guys that... Neville, look at Neville. I mean, the guys that were big in NXT that are not, you know, they're not doing anything with them. They're not, you know, they're kind of just like, well, we thought, you know, let's put let's put you on the main roster. Let's see. Oh, okay, you're not doing good. Let's mid-card you. Let's put you... Low on the card. Let's not even put you on TV. Yeah, which is, yeah. which is a shame. That really is. Uh, that really is a shame because I think in a lot of companies uh, they don't realize that a lot of pe- there are a lot of people in the world, especially in the wrestling business, that they need a certain time frame, if you will, mm-hmm. to get over. They need to, uh, you know, a certain uh, a way to get over. Like they're their character or the way they do things it needs time or it needs a specific type of match or it needs a specific promo to help get them over with the crowd i mean not everybody is like an enzo and Cass who are going to come out there enzo is going to do his thing and the crowd are gonna be like oh he's hilarious it's awesome let's, let's just let that happen not everybody's going to be like that like for an american alpha who are strictly a uh, in a lot of ways a wrestling team you're yeah. gonna have to give them that 
15 minute tag match to where they can really be like, Oh, okay. That's what these guys are about. Okay, cool. Yeah. I can be behind that. Like, like yeah. you would a Kurt angle or something like that. Um, of course, Kurt Angle, you know, he brings a lot more to the table than just being able to wrestle well. But uh, just just an example, a lot a lot of promo- promotions, and uh, especially apparently the WWE, is like that because I think Tyler Breeze is fantastic. Oh yeah. Yet he's he's one of the guys that's just like kind of there right now because apparently when he went straight up, he didn't get over immediately. So Vince was just like, eh. All right, well, apparently you're not all you're cracked up to be, so you are Breeze Dango now. I know. <laughs> that's, and, and that's it. And then, for, yeah, for it. and when he was on NXT, especially these takeovers, he had these great, you know, entrances and stuff, and the fans, you know, you know, were into him and stuff, and he had these good good matches with people. And, yeah, it's just like, and he and he was like, for uh, and I, uh, like okay for me before NXT started or before it became the, the brand the way it is now not the NXT when it was the the the, the slash competition show um, you know uh, it was Florida Championship Wrestling was the territory and I'm from Tampa Florida so I got to watch from like 08 until 2000 early 2012 before they moved it to Orlando it was here in Tampa. You know, and uh, you know, like this little warehouse in South Tampa, and the, you know that's where you had way back yeah, Seamus, Dolph Ziggler, um, you, you you had you know Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, when Roman Reigns was Leaki, you know, and, and you had a lot of uh, a lot of guys there and girls like Paige was there and um, you know a lot of people that you know. You know, are still there? You know, uh, EC3. You know, when he was Derek Bateman. Uh, but you know, and so I got to see, and, and Tyler Breeze was there, but he was Mike Dalton. And, well, wasn't uh, uh, wasn't like uh, from Lucha? Wasn't Cage there and Mac there too? Yeah, yeah, Cage was there, but he was Logan. Um, Willie Mac, I think, was the Mac. Yeah, um, a lot of guys. Um, there was of course uh, Katrina, who's uh, you know uh, Max there, and uh, you had uh, Eva Lise. She was she was in she was teamed up with Paige. They were the anti divas, um, and in uh, an FCW. Uh, I mean, and FCW wasn't great. Like it was good. It was good. I mean, now looking back, it was like you know it wasn't what NXT became. But it was like the stepping stone to that. Like it was like the foundation kind of because it had a lot of those guys and some guy, you know, uh, yeah, Bray Wyatt was there when he was Husky Harris, or even before that he was, uh, uh, it was something rotunda because he was with him, him and Bo were tag team champions and stuff. They were the brothers and stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, it was a lot. You know, Daniel Bryan was there briefly in FCW. Um, Wade Barrett, all those guys, um, uh, and and like yeah, Tyler Breeze was there, and he you know he was Mike Dalton. They gave him like the FCW title at one point, you know, on his on like towards the end of that FCW, and then yeah, and then NXT starts in Orlando, and it's becomes kind of bigger there. Uh, he became, you know has a big following, and yeah, he becomes Tyler Breeze, and then he's just kind of big star. He was there, you know. In the developmental for years, like and then finally he gets his his spot, 
and then it gets squished. Um, so that's why I'm thinking. I, I personally like the Golden Truth versus Breezango angle. I won't lie. I'm not ashamed in admitting that. It's entertaining. Oh, no, I'm sure they're great. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's fine. It's just unfortunate that they started him out like on such a such a good thing because when he first came in, they started he started working with uh, with Ziggler and they did like. Yeah. Uh, a little angle, and they did like one pay per view match where I think, if I recall correctly, Breeze went over, and yeah. then like the next week they were just like, "All right, never mind, just forget about that. He's not anything yeah. now." <laughs> well, look, uh, Curtis Axel and Heath Slater were both the the uh, push to the moon right in the beginning there in the big feud, and I mean a- Axel never reclaimed that. At least now they're giving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Heat's getting another chance there with this trailer park gimmick with Rhino. Yeah, being, being a tag champ. Yeah, that's another, like, like I feel bad for Axel because he was back when he was just Joe Henning. He was an FCW, and then he was Michael McGillicuddy and, you know, Curtis Axel. I mean, but... It's got to be hard, though, when your dad is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah, and I, I don't think... You know, I don't think Axel's going to become a big star. I mean, he's, I think he's almost 40 or something. I think he's like a couple, I think he's like late 30s. So I can see he's probably going to become like a trainer eventually, like behind the scenes. But I think he's, you know, they tried, they they put the IC belt on him at one point, they put him with Heyman, it just didn't work. Um, But. You know, I mean, they could have, I don't know, it's just, a lot of times, sometimes it's, it's the right place, right time kind of thing. Austin and 316. Yep. And, I mean, a lot of this time, you never know, I mean, I mean, with Heath Slater, I, I mean, obviously, I think that's going to fizzle out eventually, this whole, you know, with the tag team stuff, but I didn't think Heath would get cheered and stuff, because he was like, he was the... You know, he was the guy that they threw out there to get wrecked all the time. He was the big boy and stuff. I mean, it's it's funny though. I mean, the gimmick he's yeah. doing. I mean, it's. I mean, there's a place for comedy. I, I like to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, of course. And he's over. He's over with the crowd. He's over. Oh, they um, even say he has merchandise now. You know, I got kids to feed and all. He's got like two or three shirts. Yeah. I think a lot of times it's sometimes some. I think sometimes they think, okay, what's gonna work. Um, and they say, all right, let's try this. And then, you know, and then it, it either works or it doesn't work. Jericho was putting me to sleep until he started the list. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just Jericho, a... he's, I mean, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And then he kind of reinvents himself. Oh, easily. You know, I mean, this whole, and he's totally over. I mean, He's going to be going back to Babyface soon, and they'll feud him and Kevin Owens and stuff. But, I mean, the whole thing with the list, it's funny how, like, he can get the simplest things over, and, like, the it and stupid idiots and stuff. But That takes a lot of talent, too, to get something that small over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, that's he's why great. he's one of the greatest. I mean, he was doing great stuff in WCW. Um and they just didn't recognize that. And then he's he had a great career, you know, his career in WWE. I mean, I mean, and then, and it's really fun because Jericho now is more of a part-time wrestler. By this time, he would because he would kind of come in and out, in and out, and then. But he's been a, 
like he's been back since like before the Royal Rumble. Yeah, so, he's been here a long time. This run, and you know, like usually his runs last like now like maybe three four months, and then he's doing a Fozzie tour, and then he come, you know, and then he'll come back the next year. But this time, like he's like his last couple times. I mean, I know like when he came back in 2012, they put him against um, you know CM Punk at WrestleMania and all that, and. But then after that, when he lost to Fandango at WrestleMania, like he was, I think at that time, the last couple of years, he was there to just get people over. And, you know, he wasn't in any big, big feuds. But I think now it's like, okay, he's he's like a, he's a main eventer, you know. I mean, he's always been a main eventer, but now he's like, kind of, he's in the main, you know, the, the thick of things and the main event yeah. in the class and stuff. Which kind of it kind of makes me sad because it makes me worry a little bit. It's like almost like you kind of sit back and you're like, wait a minute, does that mean he could possibly be thinking that maybe this is one of his last runs? So yeah. that's why he's putting a little more into it. And then that just scares me because a world, a wrestling world without Chris Jericho is a sad world. And he's yeah. he's, he's got to be closing in on fifty. He's got a wife and kids now. He doesn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he doesn't need to keep doing it. I'm assuming he has money. Oh yeah, easily. I think he's like, he's like forty. Yeah, he's like forty-seven. So maybe turning at least forty-six, forty-seven. So I mean, I'm sure he's got, he's got at least a good five years in him, especially if he takes time off and comes back. And, you know, and he's still over. I think he'll, he'll be around for a while, especially if he has a good relationship with WWE, and. He can be like a trainer or something, or a man, or man, you know, some type of. They can. They'll have him involved somehow, I think. Well, now we we started out on the screw job. We got kind of off everywhere. I don't want to keep. I know it's really late where you guys are, and Aaron. I know you get up real early, but I think we need to have all three of us have to have a show about funny WCW moments. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be good. Yeah, I got to brush up on my WCW though. Got to go back and watch some of them terrible pay per views. I think we <laughs> maybe come back revisit this in a few weeks. Sounds good to me, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what well, our I... topic is on the next show. It kind of happens the day before. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, well, so like, somewhat with the 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 Montreal screwdriver. I mean, I think we talk. I mean, we th- I think we kind of you know thoroughly went over it and just like I think it's something that we're not going to know like it's probably a work but we're never we're probably never going to know until like when we're older way older like after probably after Brett's dead after Vince is dead um, I can only see maybe Sean I can see Sean Michaels at the very end like if he's 80 years old saying yeah it was work yeah you know, Sean after Hunter would be any <laughs> one of those two and then yeah. probably saying it very nonchalantly, like, "Oh, you yeah. guys didn't know." <laughs> like, yeah, come on, yeah. Guys, I mean, Sean, like Triple H, maybe, but he might honor since Vince is his father-in-law. He might honor that, like maybe that's something because yeah, that's something. Maybe because they think it's something so sacred that you know, okay, like you said, everything's kind of open now, and, like, they got, okay, you know, we're not going to insult your intelligence, you know, this is scripted, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a TV show, it's like, and, but I think they, like, okay, 
this is one thing that we're going to make. It's like, this is real. It's not scripted. We're going to make it look like it's real, but it's really scripted. Kind of like, you know, you know, I guess reality TV or something. But well, yeah, because you can always, always argue, is it real or not? I mean, it's not like on Lucha Underground, what their new angle, the winner of Tejano and Cage, they're going to get mm-hmm. the spirit of some dead demon put in them. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a work. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only show where you know this is... I don't um, know, man. Demon's real, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, best best show on TV is Lucha Underground. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think something that they figured they didn't know, like you like you said, like they they probably wanted Brett to come back, get revenge, and they probably didn't think it was going to take on a life of its own like this. They probably yeah. figured, you know, and this is desperate times. I mean, Vince was getting his ass handed to. He, you know, they were going to go out of business. This is, and also, this is right. You know, I mean, not. It wasn't. It was maybe like a, three years from that time. Vince was going to go to jail for the the, the yeah, little steroids, the steroids. steroids things, and and he almost went to jail and for that. He was on trial. So so there was a lot. You know, it could have been the end of you know that company, and then and we could have now interviewed WCW. So I think they were just trying anything to like let's get back in there somehow and and i think it came to a life of its own and i think if if owen didn't die and brett didn't get hurt and brett came back and then i think it would have been like now they would have said this is what our plan was or whatever but since that didn't happen the montreal screwdrop got a life of its own they're like let's let's keep this go with it yeah yeah, let's just go with it. Let's just mouth shut. You know, this is something you know we is sacred, and you know something like old, way old school, where you know we're not breaking kayfabe. You know, we you know, but you know, and and it's funny because some things like Corey, I think you said on another show with the whole um, curtain call where. They have someone happen to have a camcorder. Yeah, and those camcorders were so fucking big back then that somebody's conveniently got one that no one's confiscated. Yeah, and you know it's not like nowadays where everyone's got a camera on their phone and stuff. But yeah, that's something like they were breaking. They were deliberately like, okay, let's break kayfabe to start some controversy, you know. And they're like deliberately doing that, but in. The Montreal scooter, you know, and it probably took on a life of its own. It's like, let's just go with this and let's just keep our mouth shut and not, you know, let anyone, you know, know. And I, I, I'm thinking there'll be one day, you know, uh, it's like the Kennedy assassination. It's like all conspiracy theories and stuff. It's like, who knows yeah. what the truth is. But, but I think there's some, even then, not being Sean, like, there's somebody that's gonna, like, break some, sometime, like, involve that, break their silence or something. But, I guess, I guess with that, before we go, Aaron, where are your upcoming shows? We got to get your cheap plug now. Oh well, uh, let's see. What do I got going on this uh, this this very coming up? Let's see. I know of uh, at Rockstar Pro Friday night. Uh, I'm going to be uh, that, which is the what's the date of that? Today's the, uh, the fourth. I think. Yeah. I think it's the fourth. Yeah. Uh, it's a high pay-per-view, November Coming Fire. I'll be wrestling uh, All Ego Ethan Page from Evolve and Alpha One Wrestling and places like that. And, 
the next day I'll be doing a cage match for Revolutionary Championship Wrestling. Uh, that'll be on Saturday. Uh, beyond that, I can't really think of anything right now. I'd have to look at my calendar, so unfortunately, I suck at my own plugs. But you can get on my Facebook, which is Aaron Williams, and I like share everything on there. You can follow me on Twitter at Aaron Williams because I forgot the second eye, which I think I've been through that with you. Yeah. And uh, uh, then you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Planet Williams. And that's I, I I post everything there and all that jazz. So yeah, that's me. And you have merchandise on pro wrestling tees. Yes, I also have pro, uh, some shirts on pro wrestling tees. That if you're uh, feeling up for it, just uh, go over there, support Aaron Williams. Just search Aaron Williams, and there's a couple shirts on there. Which uh, more will be arriving soon. So hook a brother up and uh, buy a t-shirt. Everybody, go and support. I'll get that link added to the website. You're a good man. Thank you. Hey, thank you. I want to thank you very, very much again for coming back in this week. You're a fan favorite. I hope you don't play heel too often. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure what our next topic is. But, yeah, we definitely got to all come get back together and talk about some funny WCW crap. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward oh, yeah. to it. I guess with that, guys, we will see you all next week. Thank you very much, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.